0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknomedia.com.
1: welcome to another episode of doing it for the exposure the show that speaks in silky tones i'm your host mannequin blue and today's special guest is actor and voice actor david keegan
0: how you getting on
1: hey how are you doing today
0: yeah not too bad not too bad and you
1: good you know the usual <laughs> Keep busy. Yeah,
0: the, the, the usual him busy just like everybody else locked down in their houses
1: yeah i haven't been outside in like 10 months it's yeah. been great
0: i, I haven't <laughs> seen people <laughs>
1: <laughs> what even are yeah. people anymore
0: <laughs> yeah i know it's believe me i'm right there with you i'm in the same boat <laughs>
1: You, okay so you're you're an actor and a voice actor. So mm-hmm. why don't you talk about a little bit about kind of how you got into that?
0: I suppose as far, as far as like the primarily what I do is voiceover work. It means I get to stand behind a microphone in my pajamas and I don't actually have to go anywhere or do anything.
1: Hey, okay, same <laughs> it's, <yo>. it's, <laughs> kind of,
0: it's it's kind of why I like it. No. We we have this we have this weird thing with voiceover cuz everybody's Everybody's journey is so different. Everybody's journey into voiceover is very, very different. And mine, mine, I def, I fell into it. It wasn't a plan. I, I had no intention of becoming one, and I just fell into it. I, I did video game design, animation, like three D modeling, programming, and I did, I did that for a year, and I did some other stuff in around college and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, after I left all of the video game stuff, I was designing games for a while, kind of doing my own personal projects, and then I stopped and i just kind of lost the passion for it but suddenly through a friend i came across a website it's actually called castingcall.club and the website itself is dedicated to beginner voice actors they have a great kind of guide online and what it does is it it's, it's baby steps of how you get started in the industry and they they show you all these guides and tips they show you the best equipment to buy you know to not break the bank while you're starting off and i followed that and all of a sudden i i gained i gained this super passion for it. Like there was, they post projects on the the website all the time with pictures of the characters, what the project's about, a description of each character, what they're looking for. And you simply hit the submit button and upload your file. Now, obviously there's a lot to it. There's a lot more to it than recording your voice and hitting submit and hoping for the best. You have to, there's a craft behind it. I started off learning how to do this. Obviously, once I had signed up to the website and I was looking at other voice actors and reading all the guides and everything else from, you know, the bigger names. I actually took their advice and one of them was, I think it was from Bob Bergen. He's a very, very good voice actor. He's huge in the States and he does a lot of commercial work and radio plays. So he put up some advice and one of the things he said was just read. He said, in order to find your voice and be able to become versatile, he said, take everyday activities. You know, if you're getting ready for work and you're making a coffee and you kind of, you put your sachet in the cup and suddenly you've got a load of information written on the back of the of the packet. He's like, read everything. So I started to like the back of cereal boxes, you know, posters I was passing by in the car, you know, newspaper pieces, this kind of thing. And I started to kind of create not just a voice, but multiple characters or voices. I found within the space of a year, I was able to create characters, not only within my own, not in what I, my own speaking tone, my own speaking range. I was able to create characters both kind of, you know. Up here. I was able to create characters all the way up in there. Hi, how are you? And and then I was able to kind of, a lot of, one of the voices I started off, one of the first gigs I actually booked, it was narration for an anti-car theft campaign over, it was running on all the, the main ABCs, NBCs. It was running over there because Pennsylvania, sorry, Norristown, Pennsylvania, place in the states their police department were running this campaign and they kind of got a really rush job on it now i saw this job come in and one day i was scrolling through and i saw it so it was my first attempt at any professional they said that this was probably seven or eight months into starting this endeavor and then all of a sudden there was such a rush job on it you know i was the first one in and then i kept watching it all day and you know it's like sitting by the phone because i'm so excited by it i was like this is new you know, I I wonder if I did okay. And I was only learning to edit audio at the time as well. I was following watching YouTube videos and everything else. There's a lot of work to begin, but it's incredibly fun. It's one of those things that I can't recommend anybody enough. If people are thinking about getting into it, I highly recommend it because you learn so much about yourself. You learn, you learn so much of what you're actually able to do when you put your mind to it, because it can seem extremely daunting in the beginning of, oh, where do I begin? What equipment do I need? What people do I need to know? You know, how do I learn to throw my voice and change my voice in a professional manner? And it is extremely daunting, but I started off small. As I said, I started off reading the back of cereal boxes and then I'd change the character and I'd have conversations with myself as much as I could. As insane as that sounds. I would be in the car and I'd be talking to myself as two separate people. Two completely different people. They don't sound the same in any way, manner or form. Like even giving someone... Even giving someone a slight, slight lisp in their conversation changes the conversation, you know? And I, that's kind of how I fell into it in the end. I kind of started just auditioning for stuff I knew nothing about, not knowing if I was able to do the voice or not or what they were looking for. And I've been somewhat lucky as well. I've been somewhat lucky. So having done, I was a, I was a huge gamer as a te- like even growing up in, my, in like as a teenager from a young age, I was a huge, huge gamer. And it stemmed, the you know, the study of video game design stemmed from that and I kind of fell out of the whole design part of it because I just lost the passion for it and then all of a sudden I was doing this and all I wanted to do was audition and every day that's all I did I'd go to and from work and every day from the moment I took a sip of my first coffee and sat down at my desk the first thing I was thinking of was I have those auditions to do later I can do I have to do this and I was on my phone and I was emailing people and I was I was generating the interest I was I was trying to get my name out there, and I was trying to make. I was. I was saying to myself, "If I put my mind to it, this can be done. Like, this can do this if I put my mind to it." So, I think within the space of maybe the first two or three years of doing this, I had landed a handful of you know minor roles. In they started off as fan dubs, people taking original content and dubbing it over into English, and you know I would voice one of them, or I've often voiced multiple characters and things. The biggest, most recent role I had was in. There's a show called Jesse and Nessie by a wonderful little studio called Jam Media. And they had contracts and everything with Amazon to design and and produce this show. And they have a little office here in Dublin and they have a huge office then up in Belfast. And they were back and forth between the States and, you know, creating a friend of mine out of nowhere. I didn't know anything about it. A friend of mine actually reached out to me. And he said, how oh, are you getting on? And he used to be in the course, the video game course with me. And he went into the animation side of things. He sent me a message one day and he was like, oh, I saw something you put online. And it was something that I was hesitant because I was so new. I was hesitant to put online, if you know, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because of the nerves. So in the end, I just posted it. And the best I, the best advice I can give to anybody, regardless of how bad you think you read something, if you want to post it, Post it and forget. It's the same with auditioning. It's the same advice I give anyone that's auditioning for something. Audition and forget because the amount of auditions that you're going to do versus the amount of work you're going to book is staggering. The ratio is insane. However, it can be very disheartening if you let it. If you let it, if you sit by the phone and you sit by your, you're checking for emails constantly to see if this person got back to you, it will eat you alive because you'll constantly question if you're good enough. Oh, they didn't even reply to me. doesn't mean anything. It means they probably casted someone else early on. They didn't even get a chance to listen to you one, the amount of applicants they got in because the audition process is, it's cruel. It's almost cruel in a way because you audition and you could be the one of, if you're lucky, you're one of a hundred. But the average, thousands. They might even get to listen to your audition. So don't be disheartened by it. You audition and forget. It's all about building the craft. So he messaged me and he said oh, I had no idea you were you had gone into that side of the video games and everything else and I know no idea you did it so he sent me he said you wouldn't mind if I sent you some character sides for production that we're in the process of making a show that we're making for a children's show and we did a handful of characters we haven't voiced yet we haven't found any talent for we've created them and they're in the show but they don't have a voice yet so he sent me on a, a couple of character sides and. He said his casting director for it was over in the UK at the time, and they were seeking talent over there. And he said, give it your best shot, do some takes of these characters and send them on to me. So I spent that day, I spent a full day giving (laughs) each character to see what they liked. And he said, she absolutely loved every one of them. She loved everything you brought to each character. And they ended up casting me as one of them. Now I, I think I did a handful of incidental characters, which are just background characters, one or two lines. And they ended up bringing me into their studio in Dublin. And from there, it was just—I knew straight away. I knew I was like, right, this is possible. Like I've—I've I've done this without an agent. I've—I've—I've I've, I've done all of this so far without an agent. I've, it's just been me, you know, and me marketing myself. Anything I do, I try create content for it, put it into a video, and post it, and then. The cold calling does exist as well. So I try email people. You're constantly chasing the next gig, if that makes sense. Because the truth is you don't know where it's going to come from. You could have a ton of work come in over the space of a couple of weeks and you could be, you know, flying high, sitting on cloud nine. And then you could have three or four months of total dry. Nothing, nothing coming in whatsoever. And that's kind of the way the gig is. It's the same for musicians, full-time musicians, full-time actors. It's kind of the way it is. There's no stability to it. But the drive and passion behind it, like it, 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 really lights me up. It's something I really, really enjoy. It's definitely worth it. So, that's that's how I fell into it. That's how I started it, and it's it was bizarre. I never thought I'd do it. Never thought it's something I do. But here I am.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the things that you know you end up doing that you never thought you'd do. Like, I mean, even myself, I started as a face and body painter, and now I'm a podcaster. And how the hell did that happen?
0: <laughs> that's well, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because obviously. When, when you have the passion for something and you start to make moves on it, suddenly ideas start to flow. Ideas start to come into you and you're like, oh, well, I could do this. Now that I've done this, I could add on this and I could do, you know, ideas start to flow in. Whereas before you do anything, before you kind of start to do your own work and you just, you walk a normal nine to five and you're just a kind of, you don't even think about these ideas. You don't, none of these ideas come at, at, to fruition. It's when you create something from nothing. Then all of the ideas start to flow because your brain is already there. Your brain is already creating. So you start to kind of expand that thought and you're like, oh, well, I can add this and this would really be good for it. And that's when the ideas start to go. And that's kind of what happened for me. When I, when I started, it was all very minor projects and it was all kind of just for my own personal growth and craft to, to get better. It was not for anybody else's. I wasn't, I wasn't doing it to get jobs. I wasn't doing it for anything else other than to get better. And then obviously one thing led to another and suddenly I was landing jobs, that like landing paid jobs. I was looking at this and I was saying, right, this is what I knew. I said, this is possible. I can make this. I can make this a full-time gig. It is, if you put the effort in, it's doable, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's just all anyone can do is just keep trying and, and hopefully you get lucky.
0: Well, well, that's it. Yeah, it is. It, there is an awful lot of luck to it as well. But I do believe that you make some of your own luck I mean, you get out, I, I do believe you get out what you put in. Everybody has periods of time that the passion isn't there, the drive just isn't there. But give it time, take some time out. If you're burnt out, take some time and you'll find you'll get back to yourself in no time, you know. Don't allow yourself to give up just for the sake of a bad day or, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just speaking of, like you said, you had your own ideas and stuff. So obviously you do the voice acting and the acting, but you also do your own original writing as well.
0: Yeah, so I... I I kind of started this in a similar manner of similar manner of how I actually got into the voice acting it was kind of something I fell into so I came home I had I had had a, a, a rather rough day or rather couple of even a couple of rough days at work it was just there was a lot of you know heavy workload or, you know you don't sleep you know I wasn't sleeping great and but it was boring me out so one of the days I came home from work you know I I, I made a conscious decision rather than just flaking, lying down on the bed with, you know, and binging Netflix for the evening, or ordering a pizza and just, you know, chilling out, playing some video games. That's great. I do believe you need that. I do believe you need those things. You know, you need your own chill time and you need wind down time, as I call it. But this, for whatever reason, something my hit mind that evening said, no, do do something productive. Do don't waste your time playing it. You can play games for two hours in two hours. You know, for the next two hours, do something. So. I found it, I found it odd because it was just a weird. I was weirdly creative. I know I was tired and everything else, but I was weirdly productive. So I grabbed a cup of coffee. I put it on my. I sat at my desk. I put headphones in and I went onto YouTube and I typed in. I didn't even think about it. I typed in instrumental horror ambient music or something something along those key terms, and I got a long long playlist of instrumental horror background music. I clicked play, had headphones in, lamp on, and. I had just opened up a document and I started writing. I wasn't even thinking. I, I, I said if I need to change stuff, I'll come back to it. But I just started writing. And before I knew it, at least two and a half to three hours had passed. And I I kind of I sat back in my desk and I had pages upon pages of stuff written of as part of this story just this original story that came out of nowhere it wasn't really inspired by anything else it wasn't there was nothing taken from anywhere else other than the horror music as a kind of just inspiration just sitting there listening to instrumental horror music it spurred me on so within the next two to two and a half hours i just at the end i sat back and i had something i read through it maybe three or four times from start to finish a couple of pages long I was like, wow. I was like, I could have sat for that time and played video games, and i had been none the wiser for it. I'd, you know, there'd been nothing that gained from that, other than you know, a bit of chill out time or whatever. But I wrote this story called Weaver Manor, and the story follows it, it. It follows the story of a a family man. He had two kids and a wife, two boys, and they lived up on a up on a hill in this big manor. And you know, they weren't particularly well off, but you know. This lovely house, a very old-style house. And the story goes that this is based in America. It's actually outside, I think it was outside Denver. And one night, he murders his wife and two kids. So, for spoiler alert, but for for anyone that hasn't seen it, I recommend you go listen to it because it's one of these things that I tried my best to, for lack of a better term, I tried my best with this story to take the listener on a journey. I wanted to transform them in as if it was exactly like an audiobook. I wanted their imagination to take over and do all the hard work. It was originally it was just narration. There was no background music, no sound effects. It was just silence and my voice. So I originally wrote the story that way, and then I ended up changing it before I actually posted it online. I added in some ambient music in the back. I added in sound effects based on what was going on in each scene. And it runs for there's there's a part one and a part two. I think part one runs for 10 or 12 minutes, similar enough to part two. And I'll give you a kind of summary of part one. Weaver Manor followed the story of this husband, Peter Weaver. He murdered his wife and two kids and... They were found in the manor and there was no sign of Peter Weaver anywhere. He was never found. And the case itself was about 10 or 15 years old at this stage and it ended up landing on the desk of a detective, a young detective, an up-and-coming detective. And the case landed, it's one of these cold cases It was never solved. So a new piece of evidence comes comes to fruition, comes into light. And that's why this case lands on this detective's desk. No one else wanted it. So he ends up recruiting a young lad named Scott, who's a, a great cameraman, he's only late teens, he's about 17 or 18. And he takes Scott on as his cameraman because, to be honest with you, he's useless with all that and he needs someone to record while he goes around the manor. He's going around the manor and he visits the manor in order to gain evidence against the case so he can rebuild the case up and obviously try and pinpoint the location of Peter Weaver to apprehend him. But the story follows and as he comes up to the manor, there's no power, there's no lights the door is now the door is open and as they start to the manor is huge so as they start to explore the manor they come into the main hallway nature has taken over this house there's overgrown weeds kind of cutting in through like the vents and everything else you know the house has been claimed by nature it's been 15 years it's cold it's damp it's derelict when he enters the hallway he sees his breath in front of him and it's just totally silent and he turns to Scott and says okay we're going to be much faster the quote from it is we're going to be much faster exploring this place if we split up he hands him a flashlight and he says okay split up you you go down this hallway you all go down this hallway and we'll meet back here in 20 minutes because it was a big place so he said we'll meet back here in about 20 minutes scott you know apprehensively he was he was very kind of uh, he was very reluctant because obviously it's 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 he's alone late at night in this massive house in which people were murdered and the murderer was never found. So, I mean, he, Scott's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong and he's not wrong in his feelings. I don't know. I anyone feel like
1: would, I've seen this movie. I
0: don't know anyone that would willingly go off by themselves in a murder house, why would you? So they go off and they, they take their separate pads. And as he's exploring the house, I see, I don't want to give too much away for people that want to listen to it, but as he's exploring the house, he discovers things that maybe were not seen before or were not picked up on before. And it changes. It changes things. And it kind of, it's one of those moments where you go, hold on. But what about, and you kind of start to, it makes the listener start to think. So he's kind of like, but I thought, I thought this was the case. And obviously he finds things within the house, within a few minutes of exploring the house that change the original story that, you know, it it kind of, Everybody's aware that he murdered his, his wife and two kids, but he finds something that changes that, that may not be the truth after all. So he, he goes out to his car to get a notepad because he wants to take notes of things, but he left his pen and notepad in the car. So he essentially goes out to the car and he notices as he's coming back, he slams the door shut. And as he kind of turns, he sees a flashlight in the woods wandering. And his first thing, his first thought is, he's like, Scott, he thinks Scott has left the house and is for some reason, but that's all I'll give you because obviously the story the story kind of gets quite it gets quite deep and it gets quite intertwining and things change. They're not really what they seem. But I wrote this story in the space of about two two, two maybe two hours two and a half hours. Obviously, I had to flesh it out. I had so much written that I had to chop some of it out and flesh it down to make a short story without going into too much detail. But it's 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 one that I'm proud of because. It wasn't based on anything else. It was a 100% original idea and it was very well received. So when I did part one, I posted a part one and I I listed it off as written and performed, you know, by myself and that future projects I'd be bringing other people in on. And within maybe within a day or two, obviously I was still working a night to five. So maybe within a day or two, I had people that were messaging me and liking the post and commenting and, and one person, actually a good friend of mine, I had mentioned about the show two hours before and she hadn't had a chance to listen. She messaged me out of the blue one night. She sent me a voice note and she says, dude, my God, that took me on an absolute journey. She was like, that was phenomenal. And it was, I think it was received so well because because of the work I put into it. Because I'd written it originally, fleshed it down, made it all, obviously make sense. And it does, it's, it does a bit of suspense and everything in it. And it kind of, it creates It it leaves the listener, that's the reason I did it in two parts, it leaves the listener wanting more. Everybody at the end of part one said the same thing. They all said, oh, I want more, I want more. I need more of that. Like, you know, because I left them in some, I left it on part one in some way, in somewhat of a, I suppose you call it a cliffhanger. I suppose I left it, and I left it purposely that way because I wanted to end it abruptly with, you get some, you get a piece of information right at the last second and it, it paints a picture for you and straight away the listener's like, oh my God, oh my God, what happens next? That's the, that's the, like I had family members and friends all listen to it and they all said the same thing. So Weaver Manor is available on, if you actually type it in on YouTube, you'll find it. It's on Spotify as well. If you just type in Weaver Manor, you'll find it. And I do believe it's worth listening to. It I definitely believe it's worth listening to because it was done in the space of about two hours and... It's one of the things I'm quite proud of. So I've written more. I've written a lot more since then. There's a short YouTube TV series that I'm currently working on. I haven't finished writing it yet, but I'm in the process. And then there's a short film that I have started to write as well. And Weaver Manor, I have ideas for Weaver Manor to actually turn it into an episodic as well. And maybe a a YouTube series, about six episodes. It's going to be a live action. It's not going to be audio. So I'm looking looking to get actors and everything in for that. So I, I have my eyes on crew and you know, talent for that as well.
1: Brilliant. And that was actually going to be my next question was Mm. where can people listen? Where can I listen to it? (laughs) But you've answered that. Like you're way ahead of me.
0: Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. As I said, it's, you know, lockdown. I haven't spoken to an artsy person in a while. So I'm exploding with information.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's what we want though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. No, I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) But speaking of, because you mentioned that you're going to turn it into a, probably a series of Mm. of episodes, but you do a bit of on-camera work as well as an actor.
0: Yeah. So I like to, I kind of, I don't want to be just like, I've never kind of just said, oh, I'm just going to be a voice actor. It's it's, acting is acting. Like there's obviously you've got theatre, you've, you know, you've got theatre, musical theatre, on camera, voiceover, there's so many different areas. I, acting, I love acting, period. So it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a short film, TV, audio, uh, you know, audio drama, it doesn't matter. I love acting. It's something, it's something I fell in love with a, a long time ago. But I do a little bit of on-camera work. I've done a handful of short films. One was called The Long Road Home, in which a bunch of young lads, they're out kind of partying. And, you know, they one of the, one of them, they're all, at, two of them are at a house party and they kind of just drink and there's drugs and everything else. And they're young. They're just enjoying themselves. And one of them gets a text and it's like, ah, oh, it's Jack. He's, you know, he's he's in a field drinking cans. You know, we're leaving now anyway. Do you want to hit up, go to Jack? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So I play Jack and... Jack is a kind of, uh, he's, he's somewhat of a cold character. He's not, he wouldn't be massively emotional. He wouldn't really get rattled very quickly. And the other two would be the exact opposite. They're kind of, they'd be emotional characters because, they're, they're, you know, Jack is the, one of the oldest. But anyway, so as the story goes, they visit Jack and, you know, they're drinking cans in the field. But as they're kind of stumbling home, you know, late, late night or early morning, they come across someone that attempts to mug them. He pulls out a knife and he, you know, he tries to mug them. Jack in defense ends up attacking the guy with it, but he ends up killing the guy. So the idea behind this story was the two other characters wanted to, they wanted to turn themselves in. They wanted to admit what they what happened and they'll believe it's self-defense. They were rationalizing what happened. Jack, on the other hand, being the one that had murdered him, knew that's not how it would be for him. But no, it was a good. It was a good production. It went. It went quite well. It's. It's one of the. It's one of the few I've had the time in the last year or two to even get down and do. The the other one is a friend of mine, Colin. Colin Murphy. He's done. He's an incredible writer. Really good director. He. He's just very good at what he does. He puts a lot of energy and time into it. So we shot another film. We haven't got a name for it just yet. But once that's available, you can find that on my social medias and everything else.
1: Gosh, this show took a turn. <laughs> We started out and you're, you're doing voice work for, you know, children's shows and now you're murdering yeah. people and burying well, yeah, them the yeah, mountains.
0: Well, listen, that's, uh, that's, that's what actors do. They pretend. They, that's, that's the best part about, that's the best part about acting. Like even, even on a, even on a beginner level, when you start doing this, you get to play, you get, you know, you get to play pretend and that's, there's no, there's no end to what you can achieve doing that. I, I, I voice a character on uh, the children's show, Jesse and Nessie. I voice a character, uh, Mr. Balloon is his name. And he's, uh, the, the voice we actually settled on for Mr. Balloon was, oh no, I can't wait. I'd love to hang around you too. So he's really, he's really bubbly. He's really energetic. And he, to be honest, the show is, a, the show is a brilliant piece of work. Jam media are, phenomenal at what they do so I was brought into the studio a handful of times I think seven or eight sessions and we done. We you know I'm in a couple of the episodes so we got and everything done and obviously it going from it's great to be able to go from you know doing like children's media and everything else to be able to just go into those dark roles I love being able to play I love playing a role that challenges me being able to go into a role that uh, because I'm not I wouldn't be a I'm not a particularly dark person in my personal life. I wouldn't be like cold. I wouldn't be a cold person. I'd be quite an emotional person. I'll, I'll actually go out of my way to help anybody I can, you know, all the time. So I'm not a particularly cold person, but being able to switch that over to a dark, cold character, you know, and obviously do it, do it justice, do it well. It's a challenge. And that's, that's what I love about it because it's fear. Everything on the other side of fear. I think it, Will Smith said, "Everything on the other side of fear." That's where you want to be because if it doesn't challenge you, it's not worth doing. If it challenges you and you're afraid of it, do
1: it. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, exactly. If if it's kind of the same old, same old, maybe it's exactly. time to up the ante.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it is with that. When you when you have you know it's per, and it's perfectly fine, but when you have people that walk a nine to five and are perfectly what's the word is it uh, complacent? I think they're they're perfectly comfortable and they don't have that drive or ambition to do something outside the box so because they don't have that they just they stay and they 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 kind of stay in what they're doing and you know they're happy with it which is fine but for someone that has a creative mind they can't do ordinary the mundane just doesn't interest them like like me I'd rather be I'd rather be of an actor and out of work for you know, months on end and and not actually booking anything for months on end than being in a nine to five job, knowing that I could be pursuing something else that I really like, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I like, obviously I don't harbor any ill feelings towards people. That's fine. You, I'm all for you do you. doesn't matter. Forget everybody else. The most important opinion is your own. You are how you see yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that to a point, but I think with a lot of artists and creative people as well, is sometimes they can be their own worst critics.
0: 100%. Yeah, 100%. There's not a time... Like, I mean, I could, I can't even count it on, on one hand how many times I've sent off an audition not happy with it. That's just the way it is. There's, it's it's kind of being a perfectionist as well. You'll record something and you'll show someone else. And even if, obviously, even if it's a stranger and they're not biased because they're not your friend, they're not biased, and turn back and say, that's really good, I enjoyed it. Or the other person who's doing the gig come back to you and say, you yeah, we shortlisted you because we really like your sound. That's great to get that feedback. But before you get any of that feedback, you do, a, you do a run through your mind a thousand times over. There's no, it, like there's positivity to it, but when you're your own worst enemy, you critique everything you've done in that. Like I, I do it all the time. If I audition for something, that's why I audition forget. Because if I audition for something, I send it off and I forget about it and I move on. Because if I sit there and think about it, I'll poke holes in it, 100%. I'll poke holes in it and say, what was wrong with it? What could have been better? I really shouldn't have submitted that yet. It wasn't the best. My, it wasn't my best work. I think everybody does that. I think every creative or every artist in some form or another does that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think everybody at some point, like uh, everyone that comes on the show, even after we're done recording, they're like, "Oh my god, was I waffling?" And I'm like, "No, you were fine." <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I see. I have that as well. Like, if I'm given, if I'm given a question or I'm given a topic, I very rarely would give. I, I'm so into it. I love conversation. I love people. So it, this for me is great because I get to talk to another artist and I get feedback. But I would very rarely kind of give a one word answer. If you ask me, okay, tell me a little about yourself. Some people give their name, their age, where they're from and what they do. And that's kind of it. They don't expand. They don't give a full answer. They kind of give a, I don't really want to be here answer, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. you see it. you see it even with big names. You see... Hollywood actors that are in interviews and you can tell by their body language, by their answers, they just don't want to be there. You know, they just don't want to be there. And it's sad that it gets to that point of which you're talking about your craft, but you're not interested. You don't even want to be there. You're being asked questions about your craft and you don't want to be there. It's it's a bit sad that it would let it get to that point, but I'm the opposite. If someone asks me a question, I'll give you a full answer. In fact, I'll give you a full answer and I'll trail off about three or four subtopics. It's just... It's just what I do, you know, I'm a talker, I'm in the right job.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm kinda of one of those people who if you ask me about what I'm doing, I get really enthusiastic and then about halfway through I'm like, Is this person actually interested? Or were they just being polite and you know yeah, yeah. do they want me to stop talking now? And I just kind of trail off then. It's like,
0: should I leave the checkout now? How long have I been talking? Yeah. <laughs> how long have I been talking to this poor lady that asked how my day was going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. I do I, I I have that. It's 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 somewhat of an illness really, but It's good. To be honest, it's good though, because I don't want to ever lose that. I don't want to ever lose the enthusiasm for what I do, because if I was to come on something like this later in life, you know, and someone asks me, tell us a little bit about yourself. If I'm just kind of sitting back and I'm, hi, I'm David and I'm a voice actor. And and I, I, you know, if I leave all of the work to the host, then what's the point? You know, you're asking me a question. You bring me onto a show. You want information from me. You want to ask what I do. You want to find out more. And, that's kind of what I try my best to give. And I do it in an enthusiastic way because it's what I love. It's, you know, I love what I do.
1: Yeah. And of, of course it has the added bonus of like, I get to sit back.
0: <laughs> well, Just yeah. Listen. Like, I mean, yeah, you don't want to, like, I can't imagine if I was, if I was in your position and I was hosting a podcast and bringing guests on, I don't want to have to do the legwork. I'm bringing you on to, so we can talk about you. I don't want to have to do the legwork. So I'm I'm so happy that you decided to bring me on because You know, I very seldom, as I said, in my situation with my family and everything else, they're not really much for outside the box things. So I can't talk about this stuff with my family. Now, my my partner, luckily enough, my partner, I can because, you know, she's also an actress. So so she knows, she knows she's theatre and she's really, really good and she sings. And being able to turn around and talk about this stuff with her, knowing that she's genuinely interested is great because... It's something I'm not used to. And just like now, when you asked me to come on, I would nearly bite your hand off. I was like, yeah, 100%. Because I get to talk about what I love and I don't normally get to. So, you know, with the circle of, you know, family and friends that I have, I don't always get to indulge, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're always happy to have anyone that wants to talk about what they do because, mm. like, it can be hard enough. I know when I started doing the show, it was really, really difficult to get people to come on because they're like, "What? Well, I have to talk about myself. And then yeah. it kind of, we got a couple of people that came on. They were like, okay, I'll do, a, do it as a favor to you kind of thing. <laughs> and then when, it's kind of one of those things where when you see other people doing it, then you go, okay, it's not so bad. And then you jump in and do it yourself. But it snowballed for some reason. And we've started, got, like, we've gone international and we've had people from, you know, the States and we've had, like, people from the UK and I think we have someone from Australia in the pipeline somewhere down the line as well. So, like, it just, it kind of got there in the end.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, as I said, you you get out what you put in. So, I've been following and I've been seeing the way, you you know, the way your Instagram is run, the way you market yourself, your artwork for the shows, as I said to you earlier on in the show, just the way you do things and the way you handle the show is phenomenal. And I think... The name of this podcast is brilliant as well. Obviously, the you know the host name and the company name of being Nerd to Know Media—that's amazing. But the show title, you know, doing it for the exposure. Every artist has heard that. Every single artist, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, has heard. Oh, it'll be great for your exposure. Great for your exposure means it's unpaid. Now, <laughs> don't get me wrong—that you, you got to start somewhere. I have done countless unpaid work tons of it but it has got me other work you know it has you know it has the word of mouth and recommendation is is be, the best marketing you could ever ask for you know it's it's you can't buy that kind of uh, recommend you can't buy that kind of recommendation you have to if you do a job for someone that's unpaid and you do it really well if you get five more unpaids out of that from their friends or they for, you know people they know that are in the scene and then you do those jobs extremely well you could get even if you got 20 more unpaid jobs, you could get one out of those 20 jobs that's paid and it would have been worth it because you're you're kind of the passion is there and you're building your craft. You're always getting better. But at the same time, you've now made connections with all these people and you landed a paid gig out. Now your paid gig could become a recommendation to someone else and say, Oh, well, this is on Netflix and you know, he voiced this character. Oh, he did a really good job on that. Next of all, you've got people that seek you out. So you've got Agents. Agents do that a lot. If they see talent in someone, they'll reach out to them. Usually you don't reach out to agents, they reach out to you. And they want to walk with you because they get a cut of anything you book. And if they see you as potential talent, if they see, you know, if they see something in you, it means they'll essentially earn more money because they know you'll be booking, booking gigs, you know?
1: yeah exactly, and like I would always be you know completely staunch about artists being paid and all that kind of thing like yeah. i I would be one of those oh it's not paid I'm not doing it then but yeah yeah it's it's something that I do recommend for people who are starting out is to just take any job you can get
0: one hundred percent yeah and
1: that was something that even i i did a, for a while I was doing special effects makeup, and I still do a little bit, but not much because yeah. it's it's so expensive to get into, yeah. but it was something that I was doing a course with it was ill willed effects. and it was i don't know if you know him it was tate steinzik he was on face off i think
0: all right okay
1: so he was teaching it and that was something that he said as well he was he said that when you're starting out take all of the free jobs you can purely because you're starting out you're learning and if you mess up you haven't wasted somebody's money
0: yeah that's exactly it you don't nobody wants to pay like nobody wants to pay for subpar you know, a, a subpar service. Nobody wants to pay money for something that's not the best. They want the best buying for a book. That's just the way it is. It's it's run like even voiceover in general, it's run like a business. I don't think of it as, Oh, this is a hobby for me. You know, I'll, you know, I'll, down the road, I'll just, I'll pick up, a, I'll pick up, I'll go back to a normal job. I don't see it as that. I see it as a business and same with you same with the podcast same with the company you you have to treat it like a business because it won't soar it won't it won't get anywhere if you don't you have to market it you have to you know the famous expression you got to you got to spend money to earn money and that's true you know if you want to market yourself you got to run ads you got to kind of if you're not good at the artwork you got to hire someone to do the artwork i hired someone to do i didn't do my own demo i would never dream of doing my own demo despite how proficient I have become with audio editing, I would never do my own demo because you need an outside set of ears. Someone who knows what casting directors are looking for. And that's exactly what I did. I knew, I know a girl named Sarah Sakura, and she's based 8 she's based as well. And I contacted her because I knew her and a friend do demos and everything else, they work together on that. And she's also a voice actor. And she's incredible, an incredible voice actor, a ton of range really emotional a lot of what she does and she's very very good you can find her on Instagram and Twitter under that Sarah Sakura as well and she's just she puts a lot of effort and time in she's very very good at what she does but I contacted her at one stage to get some rates off her I asked her would she write would she she's a writer as well she's written several novels so I asked her would she write a demo for me and get you know produce it together with her and her her partner and they did and they came out with it and it's available up on my Instagram as well which is Davy KVA, D-A-V-E-Y-K-V-A. That acronym for Davy KVA is actually, it's my, my first name and the first letter, the, sorry, the first letter of my last name, Keegan and VA for voice actor. It, it's kind of an alias I've been going by for the last couple of years and it seems to be doing quite well. That's my website as well, davykva.com But Sarah put my demo together. She put all my social media links into it and she just did an incredible job on it, much better than I thought it would turn out. And she just looked after me and I've booked more gigs from that as well. So when you're emailing clients and you're submitting for jobs, they need to hear you. Obviously, they need to hear what you are capable of. And in my demo, she was very good at picking out what came out the best. And it shows that I have quite a good range as well of what I'm able to do. So Sarah was really helpful to me. And I'd recommend the same thing for anybody. Don't do your own demo. Some of them are incredibly expensive and they really do break the bank. You're talking in the state side, if you're starting as a voice actor and you want to do a demo, all the big studios, you'd be talking two and a half, three thousand for a demo. It's 60 seconds long to 90 seconds long. But you see, if you go on the social medias and you, you know, you come across people of your own caliber, they tend to know demo producers as well. That will be able to do something for you. So if you don't just, that's the advice I give to anybody. Don't do your own demo ever because you want it to be it's your calling card it's your business card your business card it's how you sell yourself and you want it to be the best that it can possibly be so don't do it yourself because you need an outside pair of ears in order to find out what you're best at what you need to work on and they'll pick the best of what you're able to do they'll compile it together into a a sizable 60 or 90 second demo and you can then use that to market yourself and sell your services but please god don't do it yourself
1: yeah, I think that's fair advice. And like, this is coming from, from me, someone who's kind of like, I can do it all. I can do everything. Yeah, But yeah. sometimes you don't want to do everything. I mean, even the, the cover art for, for the podcast, like I, I could have easily done that myself. But I was like, no, I want to put the best foot forward on this. Exactly. So yeah. we got a friend of mine, Lisa Bradley, and she won't come on the show. Uh, l Bradley Art. l Bradley art. art. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. on Instagram. as L Bradley. I know her well. She's brilliant But I can't get her To
0: come on the show She just won't yeah. do it <laughs> I might have a I might have a conversation With her We'll get her on She's She is incredibly shy And she's a phenomenal artist I, She actually did a Artwork for me She did it as a gift To me at one stage She did a, a Like a caricature She did a, a 2D animation like She did it Like a 2D animated Drawing of me There's a picture of me During my first session That uh, was taken When I was in the studio In Jam Media was the first, There was a picture That was taken of me With my headphones on And I kind of i and the mic, you can see the mic in front of me, and I'm just kind of looking up at the camera and a smile. But it, that picture was actually, she turned that and she redrew that in a 2D animation, and it's phenomenal. It's up on, you can find it on the, the Instagram as well, Davy KVA. But she's very, very good, very, very talented.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I have, I, obviously, I got her to do the podcast artwork. I actually got her to do what back when I was doing body paint and balloons and that I got her to do my own logo as well. Oh, she's brilliant though. She's really good. So, so good. Lisa, come on the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, if we can verbally tag you, come on the show.
1: (laughs) But uh, is there anything kind of that you'd love to talk about that we didn't have time to touch on?
0: Yeah, I suppose one final thing uh, It's because it's happened recently and uh, you know, with the way the world is right now with COVID-19 and obviously the United States being in, in such bad shape and everything else, a lot of the voiceover work and acting work and all, that all happens on stateside. state side. The market is so, so huge there. Ireland doesn't have a massive market for it. And it's, you know, it is a small circle a lot of the time. But I've noticed since COVID-19, since I signed up with an agent and everything else, I've noticed that the the competition for voiceover now has absolutely exploded. You have no idea. You know, I would find, I, I, I used to book a lot of things and I, you know, I'd, I'd audition for things and you'd hear back really quickly and everything else. And now I've noticed a change in which you audition for things. And sometimes you don't even hear back from it, which is, you know, you don't even hear back from it. And then sometimes they'll email you back a week after you did it to tell you that you didn't get it. But that just tells me that the amount of applicants has exploded, which means they there's a, there's a long process. They going through auditions every day, but, One of the things I'll say is, now is a great time. Now is a fantastic time to get into voiceover. And the reason I say that, there's so many guides, so many beginner guides, websites to help you, YouTube videos of people that are doing the work every day and they're just sharing, they're just passing the torch. So anyone that's kind of him and hawing about thinking to get into it, yes, it is incredibly competitive right now. There's a lot of people in it. Since lockdown, people have been been doing up their remote studio booths. They've They've all been jumping on the the gold mine that is voiceover if it's done correctly you can earn a kind of a sizable living at it but it's not to say it comes easy but I do highly recommend if you're going to get into it now would be the time especially if you've been unfortunate enough for COVID to have affected your job like you can't go into work and you know you're still on COVID payments and you're at home you find you don't know what to be doing with yourself because you've got so much free time you're you've still essentially got some wages coming in I would highly recommend people that if they have a passion for it, now will be the time to do it. It's especially if you're at home to, you know, the circumstances of COVID. So if you are thinking about getting into voiceover, there's so much information available out there. A simple Google search will bring you to many different websites. One of them I'd recommend is by a, a famous voice actor called D Bradley Baker. I think his website is Iwanttobeavoiceactor.com altogether he does a start to finish he does it doesn't matter what level you're at coming into this if you've done if you did a radio show or you you know you used to do this that, that if you're a beginner all the way up to all the way up to a veteran he has something for you and he he's a very lovely person as well d bradley baker he's he's gone out of his way to create this website and teach people and he doesn't charge for like i about 75 to 80 percent of what he puts up there is all free and there's no paywalls or anything. Another one that I'd recommend is a voice actor called Steve Bloom. He has a Facebook group called Bloom Vox Studios. That's B L U M V O X Studios. That's a private group, but he most most of the time he he accepts everybody as far as I'm aware, and he does webinars and he does, you know, he does all this other stuff. He has the Guinness Book of World Records for most prolific voice actor as well. I there's literally not, there's not a time that he voiced a character and I can't recognize him. He's a very, he's got a very prolific voice. I understand straight away if he's voicing a character or not. I know who he is, but these are all the people that I kind of grew up listening to. And these are the kind of people that have shaped the journey that I'm on. So I'm nowhere near the end. I'm nowhere near the end of it. I'm, I still see myself as a beginning and only starting this. I've only scratched the surface of what I'm capable of doing so far. And, you know, these are the people I have to thank. So these are all the people that I turn to when I want, when I need information or, you know, I need feedback. And they, they're high flyers. They're big names. And straight away, they reply to you if you go into Bloombox Studios, for instance, and you drop a comment into the group. All the people that run that page, including Steve himself, they reply and they give you feedback. And there's a bunch of other people in that group, like Bob Bergen, all of these big voice actors. They're all members of the group. So if you post in your your work or you post in a question about the industry whether it's rates or whether it's you know how to even get started these people reply and they give you full lengthy answers they provide you information to provide you links to things they're just incredibly kind people and they're they want people to succeed so if you want to do it they're the two things i recommend bloomvox studios and i want to be a voice actor.com
1: And, you know, if any of you prolific voice actors out there are listening to the show and (laughs) want to come be a guest, (laughs) we'd love to have you. (laughs) So, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and I'm so glad we finally caught you.
0: Yeah, finally finally got a chance to do it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdtoknowmedia.com. We are currently rearranging our streaming schedule, but we will still be streaming on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube, and thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to a Nerd To Know Media production.